Hello and welcome to the Community Life Center podcast channel. We are so excited that you have stopped by to check us out today. This channel is dedicated to providing life lessons from the Word of God that we can use in our everyday lives to help us become all that God wants for us to be. This week we'll be joining Terry Matheny as he gives a short lesson on spotting the counterfeit, how to identify the things in our lives that are not based on the Word of God and to eliminate them and live for all that God wants us to be. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. If you have any comments or questions that you would like us to address in the next podcast, send us an email, podcast at communitylifectr.com. Hello and welcome to the Community Life Center podcast series. We're so glad you've stopped by to check us out this week. This week we'll be joining Brother Terry Matheny as he is teaching a lesson about detecting the counterfeit. Listen up and let's join in with him now as he begins his lesson. Well, Brother Justin, I'm just so thankful to have the opportunity to be here with you today. And uh, actually, this came out of, uh, you know, uh, drive down the road. The other day I was driving home from work, and uh, as, I'm, as I'm driving down the road, I'm looking off to the, one of the fields, and, and there's probably a, there's a good flock of turkey out there. There's probably 30 or 40 of them out there, and you've seen a couple of jakes up there all puffed up, and their, their fans opened up, and I'm looking over there, and I'm going, you know, this, this spring, I said, I told myself, self, I got to get with Brother Justin and, and let's do a spring turkey hunt, him and I, and get out in a blind. And, and then I got to thinking about the, the things that are required to go on a, on a good turkey hunt. Absolutely. You, you got to have some good decoys and you got to have some good calls, which kind of which kind of started leading me into thinking about, you know, these turkeys are crazy. They're walking up to these decoys as if they're real. Yeah. They're responding to the calls as if it was real. And then I, I got to begin to thinking of it, you know, in the rest of my drive home about how could this apply to my spiritual life? And, and it's quite amazing, right? There are decoys. There are look-alike Christians. There are look-alike churches of, of what the true apostolic church should be. And, uh, and people run to these things because they look like Christianity. There's calls out there. There are, there are preachers out there that sound Christian, but they're teaching a false doctrine. And those calls begin to pull Christians away from the true message of what the, cro- uh, what the cross is and, and what true Christianity is. And so um, I, I got to be, begin to thinking about that. And I like what Paul says in his... In his um, writing to the church in Galatia. And I'm going to read from the Good News Bible, not the King James. And Paul says this in in Galatians 1, beginning in verse 6. He says, I am surprised at you. In no time at all, you are deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are accepting other gospels. And, and, you know, this is is one of his first lines to the church. He says... Look, I am so amazed by how fast, how quickly you have drifted from the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you're accepting another one. And in verse 7, he says, actually, there is no other gospel 
But I say this because there are some people who are upsetting you and trying to change the gospel of Christ. But even if we, and he's talking about himself and the other apostles, he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel, a good news that is different from the one that we preach to you. So he's already been there. He's already preached the gospel. He's already taught him salvation. He says, if anyone should preach a gospel that is different from the one that we've already preached to you, may he be condemned to hell. Now, that's pretty tough words right there. Absolutely, strong words. That's strong words. And he said, let them be condemned to hell. Oh, my goodness. But not only did he say it once, he says, we have said it before, and I say it again. If anyone preaches to you a gospel that is different from the one that you have already accepted, may he be condemned to hell. I mean, would you want to be the guy or the gal that's preaching a false doctrine, a false gospel to a church? I don't think so. I I wouldn't want to be on that seat, and and I want to make sure that that what I'm preaching is firmly rooted in in the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And I like the way that he sums it up in verse 10. He says, "Does does this sound as if I'm trying to win human approval? No, I'm not. What I want is God's approval. I am trying to be." He goes. Then he says, "Am I trying to be popular with the people?" If I were still trying to do so, I would not be the servant of Christ. I, I mean, that, those are strong words. He's like, I, I'm not doing this for human approval. I'm not, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this solely for the promotion of God and His gospel and His salvation. And he says, am I trying to be popular in doing so? No, I know I'm not going to be popular in preaching this gospel. He says, but if I, but if I don't... Or if I preach this false gospel, I would not be the servant of Christ. And so that's 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 really what I, I was thinking about is, you know, as we're in life and and, and we, you know, um, recently we heard somebody that that says that they like to listen to other preachers. And don't get me wrong, I, I you know, I I think there are some lessons to be learned in uh, non biblically rooted and grounded. Um, I, I, I guess in some of the preachers that are not fully in the truth because I think some of their application to the the message, but when it comes to salvation, they're not rooted and grounded in, in what Jesus has, has, has laid out for, oh, the, for oh, salvation. And, you know, that's why when you start studying theology, um, and there are, I think there are seven different kinds of theology. There's dogmatic theology, practical theology, and, and there's a whole study that goes along with that once you get into collegiate-level classes. But um, one, one of the things I like about it is that there's also what they call biblical theology. Um, and biblical theology, um, all other levels of theology have to submit to biblical theology. Now, dogmatic is, is being, you know, uh, pra- you know, adding, you know, common sense things to it. Um, practical theology is how do I put this into my everyday life? Historical theology, how does this line up with the timeline of history and, and so forth? And, and then, you, like I said, all of those are trumped by biblical theology, which I think is um, where um, some people kind of get goofed up because they think, oh, well, this is really good. You know, this is really good common sense stuff. I mean, it may be something basic, but it's really good and it applies to my life. Well, if it doesn't line up to the Word of God, it doesn't matter how practical it is. If it doesn't line up to the to the precepts of God's Word and the, the uh, commandments of God's Word, it doesn't matter um, what history books say about it. You know, everything is subject to being uh, correct in biblical theology, which I think is where we we end up with as many denominations as we end up with today and and even within um pentecostal churches you you have this 
you know, some of them, you know, are, are more, you know, conservative, right-leaning. Some of them are more liberal and left-leaning, and some of them are completely out there altogether because of their their lack of biblical theology. Um, putting the Word of God first, we f- we find that you know, in every in every sect of uh, Christianity, you have those guys who are going to line up on man's tradition versus the Word of God, and um, they they have a hard time differentiating between the two. So when you look in, when you're looking for counterfeits, <clears throat> in my opinion, if it doesn't line up to the Word of God, and if you don't know, search it out. God will God will honor you. I say, right. God, I I want a little more about this, and I'm telling you, you, ask God faithfully. Hey, God, show me what you want me to know in Your Word. And he will. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Absolutely. And I think there's a there's a passage in James, um, the first chapter, that that kind of alludes to that, and and it says, uh, um, but if any of you lack wisdom, you should pray to God, who will give it to you, because God gives generously and graciously to all. So, and again, I think um, that's one of the things that we need to do is. Is if that we're having a hard time understanding it? Is is go straight to the Word of God and go to go to God in prayer and say, Hey, look, Lord, help reveal unto me the things that I need to know. Help reveal unto me the the knowledge and the wisdom to identify what's real and what's counterfeit. And it's kind of interesting as we talk about counter, counterfeits. Um, I heard it said that uh, how do bank tellers and people that deal with uh, cash all the time how do they spot the counterfeits? Well. Um, they they spot the counterfeit money because they study the real thing. They study the real thing so intensely that any time a counterfeit hits in front of them, any 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 little subtle marks of anything that's wrong with that with that bill or that uh, that paper is is subject to to being a counterfeit. And it's why it's because they study what is real, what what they know is to to be the real thing. And, and I think that's the same way with us in our spiritual life. We have to be entrenched in the Word of God. We have to know what is real. We have to know His Word. That way, when somebody starts to preach something that's different, those subtle differences in, the, in that preaching and those subtle differences in that gospel pop out to us and throw up red flags and say, hmm, that doesn't line up with what I've read. That doesn't line up with what God has revealed unto me through His Word, through prayer, and, and through fasting and stuff. So I think, you know, one of the best things to do is, is you know, to study the real thing is to get into the Word of God. And, and it says in Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, and um, beginning in verse 15, it says, And that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, you know, whether you're young, a young kid, when you start in in reading the Bible, or, you know, you're a young or a child in, you know, you can be 40 years old and still be immature or childlike in in the Scripture. I think the, the premise here is that from the moment that you start in the Scriptures, you know, you begin to take it in and you begin to learn and it makes you wise unto salvation. And, and Paul goes on to Timothy and he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for re- correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So think about that. It is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof you know, for correction and to and instruction under righteousness. And he finishes it off there in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. Now, perfect doesn't mean that you're without fault. Perfect means that you're spiritually mature, that, that, that you're growing, 
and you're thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I love that, you know. Um, so as we grow, as we study the Word, and we and other people, other preachers, other um, you know missionaries, other denominations, other other cults, and and you know like Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons, and I'm I'm singling those out those folks out because they're preaching a different gospel, and you know and I'm concerned about people that 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 hear that because they they hear the love the compassion and the desire for people to understand but it it is a false gospel and uh the bible says that the scripture is given by inspiration of god and it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction and instruction in all righteousness absolutely you know when I'm, you were talking about the the counterfeit money um i know i i work in the dirt every day and i i do all those things and drive you know, heavy equipment and stuff now, but there was a day when I was just out of high school, I actually worked in a bank, um, and we had to go to this class um, before you ever, before they ever made you a teller, before they ever made you a personal banker, whatever, the, the, you had, everybody was this mandatory training you had to go through, and you spent three weeks, every day in three weeks, for in the big corporate office of the bank, uh, and uh, I had to drive car to Fort Wayne every day um, from where I lived, and uh we would spend eight to ten hours a day, depending on how long the day went, um, learning about counterfeit. Um, <laughs> that was what you spent time doing and um, learning how people launder money and, and all of those things. So you, we spent, they had to teach you how to do it so you knew how to prevent it and recognize it when you saw it. Um, but uh, the, the counterfeit money, they actually put counterfeit money in your hand. And when you handle that much money every day, um, and you, you learn the feel of that special paper that money is printed on. Um, counterfeit money, generally, from the, from the ink and the printing, you're not going to notice the difference because they look perfect, um, even down to the magnetic strips and things like that that they put in them. They look perfect, but you can feel the difference. Um, and, and I would encourage anybody, if, you, if you're involved in a, uh, something that, that looks right, and and it it the colors are perfect and and everything is where it's supposed to be or you feel like it's where it's supposed to be, but it doesn't feel right. That's probably a number one red flag. God talks about uh, all of us having you know the same spirit. You know we have if you have the Holy Ghost if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, God gives you the ability to discern certain spirits. He gives you the ability to feel the difference between what's right. And what looks right but isn't quite right, you know. So that that kind of brought to my attention when you were talking about that that um, the feel of the money. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, when you're counting down, you can just and it's it's subtle. It's very very, very subtle. subtle. Yeah. Um, but you can just oh wait that didn't quite feel right, you know. Yeah. And then you you go back and you recount it, and then you you know you come through that bill again, and it's like oh that doesn't feel right either, you know, and so you do kind of learn that feel and learn um, that everything may look right, and, and you may go to churches where everything looks right. You may go to churches where everything is in the right place, and, and, and it's the right color, and it's it's printed perfectly. You would never notice the difference, but if it don't feel right, then it probably, it probably is. isn't right. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, that's the one thing is um, going back to uh, what what God said about the about the the serpent, that he was more subtle, he was more cunning than everything else, and and it really is. It's, it's just one of those things where um, you've got to be careful. Then you got to be able to spot those subtleties, um, and 
so you're so that you're not deceived um so and the one final verse that i have right here is is kind of a final warning that paul gives to the corinthian church in second corinthians he writes in 13:5 he says put yourselves to the test and judge yourself find out whether you are living in faith surely you know that christ jesus is in you unless you have completely failed so you know it, it's it's very important that we ourselves know that we are in the spirit of god and that we have his spirit and that we're uh, uh, discerning the spirits right that we're testing the spirits that we're testing you know um you know i i had a i had a pastor in my previous this is, you know don't take what i said as as gospel go back to the word Go back to the Word and prove it for yourself. Don't just believe me because I stand behind a pulpit and, and say it's true, but actually go back to the Word and, and test it and prove it for yourself so that you know that you know that it's right. Absolutely. And I think that's good, uh, uh, good advice. Absolutely. Um, knowing that, um, that it's right because you read it and because uh, God brought a revelation to you about it. Um, and there are certain things that, that you'll, you can be taught for your entire life. And it's just like, I'm sure everyone has had one of those experiences where you've read that scripture for years. And, and then one day you read it and it just, it glows. And, you know, you're like, wait a second. And you go back and you read it and it glows again. And, and God brings this little shard of truth to you in Revelation where you begin to understand exactly what God is implying with that scripture. I remember when I was a young man, um... I, I had always believed that there was one God. I had been taught that there was one God. I could quote just about every one God scripture in the entire Bible. Um, but I had never really had a revelation of it. You know, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And and I remember reading in Isaiah, uh, I think it's chapter 43, verse 11. Uh, the end of that scripture says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no other Savior. And I, I remember thinking the light bulb going off, so to speak, bing. I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking, why did he say Savior in the Old Testament? Yeah. He was preparing himself to be a Savior at Calvary. And I thought, man, that is so powerful when you, when you recognize that the, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, the Jews already believed in one God. They never questioned it. You know, they never had any, any ideas that it would be anything other than one God. God. And, but, but when I read that about there, beside me, there is no other Savior, I was like blown away. Yeah. It had insta- instantly had my attention of, oh, there really is only one God. Yeah. You know, I mean... So I guess to to say that when when you study into the Word of God and you read and you you pour yourself into the Word, um, if you got something that you feel is just not right, by all means dig it up, um, get inside the Word of God and God will reveal it. God yeah. will show you what He wants you to know. Absolutely, right. and 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, forty three eleven. I love that. I love that passage. It says, "I." Even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. And I and I want to say that, you know, um, I had grown up and attending uh, Trinitarian churches, mm-hmm. but I never felt right about it because I the question was, you know, you know, do I pray, you know, do I pray to the Father then ask Jesus to, you know, to talk to the Father through the Spirit? Yeah. I never had, and and. And until I came to an apostolic church, and I believe I read, you know, in him, 
it was the fullness of the Godhead of Christ bodily. bodily uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh my, in him, in Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I'm like, I mean, that was the light switch for me. Yeah. It was, you know. Yeah, when, I, when, when the same night that I read Isaiah 43, 11, um, I've always had this. I've always had this concept of if if God can show me something in the Old Testament, I want Him to show me in the New Testament as well. And uh, I'm pulling a scripture up now. Uh, it's First Timothy chapter three, uh, verse sixteen. And this was the scripture oh, yeah. that kind of correlated for me with Isaiah forty three eleven. Yeah. It says, "And without controversy, great, great is, is the mystery of godliness. God. For God was manifest in the flesh." justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And so when you when you start to look around that that, that one singular God was manifest in the flesh, just like John one and one said it was. And and John one fourteen, and that word was made, made flesh. flesh. Yeah. And and then justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, uh, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world and received up in the glory. I thought Man, that, there's no question at that point. That was that was my aha moment. Like I said, just after reading Isaiah 43, where I was like, "Oh, well, now everything just correlated. Everything, you know, it was like all the cogs and the gears just snapped into place for me." Even though I knew it, even though I could quote it, and even though I had been taught it for years, there just happened to have there had to be that spark of revelation to where I'm like, yeah. "Oh, God showed me personally where it is." You yeah. Know? And I, I want to say, you know, even for me, and I know we're we're probably getting off the the counterfeit, but yeah. a little a little bit, but um, you know, the oneness of God, you know, again, testing testing the spirits and and knowing that God is one, yeah, not not three separate entities in one Godhead, but but encompassing one. I go to I go to what Paul wrote in First Corinthians, and he's talking about there in the tenth chapter. beginning in verse 1 he says moreover brethren I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea the cloud referencing to the spirit the sea referencing to the water so again it you know correlates to what we what we see and that Jesus said to Nicodemus unless you be baptized by water and of the spirit right uh, that's the only way you can be born again. And they all did eat the same spiritual meat, and they all did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank that, uh, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Absolutely. So, so you go back to it. Christ was present in the Old Testament. Well, how could Christ be present in the Old Testament? You know, uh, unless he was God, and that was the rock that Moses smote. Absolutely. And and and, and, and moreover, um, I know you said you know we're kind of getting off subject, but in order, okay, to establish the counterfeit, you've got to know what the real thing looks. You got to like. know what the real. So thing I don't looks think like. we're. I mean, yes, it may seem like we're off subject, but I think we're right where. Right where we should be, because, I mean, if you don't have a revelation of who Jesus is, if you can't stand like John did in Revelation 4-2 and say, and I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and behold, there was one that sat there on the throne. And, you know, when he talked about the throne, he didn't say there were three thrones. He said there was a, a throne in heaven, and the one that sat there 
later on. So when you when you start to establish just who God is and just what we believe, you have to know the truth in order to spot a counterfeit. Like I said, Absolutely. when I was in that training session at the bank, they gave us real money. They, most of the majority of all the money that we had to learn how to become a teller was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all real. I mean, for the most part, minus the counterfeits. And we it was our job to be able to spot those counterfeits. And the counterfeits didn't always seem to be $100 bills like you would think either or or, or whatever. And sometimes they were just $10 bills. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's the smallest untruth that's the biggest lie. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And so when, you, when it comes to establishing our faith and living in this world and this doctrine, you know, and, and figuring out where does God want me to be and, and who is God really and what does he have for my life, you've got to understand all of the truth before oh, you can yeah. understand the first of the lies. Absolutely. And, and that's where, like I said, when when we start getting into the series of, I know that I was teaching a series in our uh, home fellowship group, which will be firing back up here pretty soon. Um, when I was teaching that, it was the the nine battles that every Christian faced. Um, and the, the, there's some pretty amazing stuff that goes in there. But one of those, you know, the premise to that entire lesson is knowing who I am and knowing whose I am. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing knowing who I am in Christ and who God designed me to be and having a correct perspective of myself and then having a correct perspective of who God is and what his promises are for my life. And so in, in order to spot that counterfeit, in order to, to recognize that fake decoy in the turkey hunting field, um, you've got to know what a real one looks like. Absolutely. It, because if, if you didn't know, if I took you out and, and, you know, it's before light and we set up in the field and I set turkeys the night before and you didn't know it, when the sun comes up, you're going to be like, oh, there's turkeys in the field right there because they look so right. They look so right. But they're not alive, right. you know, and that's the thing with the doctrine, you know. The doctrine may look right, but if it's not alive with the Spirit of God, then it's a counterfeit thing. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, you know, Justin, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to take time to talk about this and and, and spotting the decoys and spotting the, you know, the, the uh, they look like the real thing, they sound like the real thing, but you know, unless God confirms that they're the real thing, you know, through His Word, um, they're not. They're not it. We 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 got to go. We got to go beyond that. And I and I, I really like what Brother Easter uh, when he preached about knowing knowing uh, the real thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was noised abroad, and so you know, every time that you see God moving, it's always there's there's a noisy situation, and that's what I, I you know. And I know it's more than just a feeling, but that's the one thing I love about apostolic worship is is that people are can become unencumbered to worship God in spirit and truth. And, and he says, I seek, God seeks those that worship him in spirit and truth. And, uh, and that exuberance to be able to just, uh, you know, put your hands up in full surrender and, and just worship him with your mouth, with your, with your actions, with your behavior, to cry, to laugh, to, um, to do all those things and, and just worship. Absolutely. So. Well, thanks again, everyone, for checking out Community Life Center's podcast series. This has been another episode of Church Chat with Brother Justin Lannon and Brother Terry Matheny. We're so glad you stopped by. Look forward to our next episodes. that will be coming around the corner. We can't wait. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, things that you'd like answered on Church Chat, reach out to us at uh, the email address is podcast at communitylifectr.com. Again, that's podcast at communitylifectr.com. We look forward to talking to you guys real soon. We'd love to hear your input, and we will tune in with us on the next episode. So, Brother Justin, I got one more question yeah. for you before we, we go. You got 
decoys and calls so we can go Absolutely. turkey hunting? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're going on a spring hunt, huh? And I got a turkey gun for you to shoot, too. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> Look forward to it. Hey, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. I hope you uh, uh, drew from this and, and uh, are encouraged to uh, dig into the words so you can help spot the counterfeit. Amen. God bless them all. Well, thanks again for checking out the Inspired for Life podcast series brought to you by Community Life Center. Don't forget to check us out on communitylifectr.com.